Hey guys, brand new podcast, and we are on our final week of Fully Loaded, Greenville, South Carolina, Bristol, Tennessee, Lawrenceville, Georgia, and Brandon, Mississippi. Uh, I am home right now. I have not left for the road. I'm just doing reads for you. So go get your tickets at FullyLoadedFestival.com. I don't know what shows have sold out. I know that Lawrenceville, Georgia sold out. I think Greenville, South Carolina probably will. Uh, but Brandon, Mississippi, Bristol, Tennessee are huge venues, 10,000 plus. So get your tickets at FullyLoadedFestival.com. Nikki Glazer, Mark Norman, Shane Gillis, me, Big J Okerson, Joey Diaz, Fortune Themes. I know, no, I don't think Fortune's on it. Chelsea Lynn. So that's a rough estimate. Oh, Brian Simpson. Brian Simpson. So it's going to be a great show. Great shows. We'll see you on the road. FullyLoadedFestival.com. Get your tickets. Today's podcast is a guy who's going back on tour. He's back at it, everybody. He's back at it. I would argue, Halston, you tell me. Hmm. I would argue I changed this man's life. You think so, huh? I think I did. He came on and did my podcast, what, two years ago? <laughs> no, almost four years almost ago. Almost four years ago. And I don't think he really was into podcasting at the time. I, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure he knew. I know for a fact he ate a salad and smoked weed the entire time. Yeah, and barely talked in the microphone. Yeah, he brought a bag of weed. That was like one of the first few podcasts that I had joined. And in you with were you. so excited, yes, because you had known him back home. Yeah, we grew up like 15 minutes away from each other. We had this mutual friend who passed away, and I had been to that guy's funeral like a few months before that. Yeah, I didn't like go up and like introduce myself to ron or anything but um, but now ron and i are eskimo brothers because we share <laughs> yeah. you just a producer yeah. now halston also produces uh getting better ron funch's podcast getting better getting oh sorry there's no g <laughs> <laughs> that makes me do you realize how bad i would would have sounded if i had misguessed that and i was like getting better and you're yeah, like, yeah. it's getting better anyway he uh we have a great conversation it's a great podcast we talk about uh motivation we talk about inspiration that's all you know ron's podcast is all about getting better about uh vision boards and 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 happiness journals and all the stuff that i kind of dig now and saying gratitudes and and whatnot all the things that i think really do help in your life that's what his podcast is about we, that we talk about that a little bit. We talk about his new baby. We talk about his son. We talk about the uh, Love on the Spectrum show a little bit because his, his son is autistic. We talk about uh, the stress of, of, of life being a single father. He's not a single father anymore. He's now married. Um, he's got a new baby. We talk about his new baby. We, we have a great conversation. We also talk about un, being undeniable and his relationship with his father, which is fucking fascinating. Uh, He's a fantastic comic, and he is back out on the road. I wanted to, his name of this tour is back at it, and he's in Philly, June twenty third, the twenty fourth in Gramercy at the Gramercy Theater, Boston the twenty fifth, two shows. He's added a show. We talk about that. Seattle, San Francisco, Phoenix. He's at Stand Up Live the weekend of the twenty eighth through the thirtieth. Minneapolis at the Varsity Theater on August fourth. Chicago, Kansas City, Kansas City. He's at the KC Comedy Club for the weekend of August 13th. San Diego, closing it out at the American Comedy Club. Uh, he's a fantastic comic. If you haven't seen him on Conan or seen one of his specials, you have to go check him out. He is authentically who he is, which is fucking great about him. Uh, I absolutely adore the guy. He has made huge strain, change, 
huge strides to change his life, and he has. And that is inspiring for me. As you know, my weight loss journey has been a tad bit uphill. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend, stand-up comedian, podcaster, actor, professional wrestler, Ron Funches. This is I'm so about self-improvement. Are you? Yeah, lately. Lately. You've been doing that for a while, though. Yeah. Have you always been into that? Kind of. Yeah? A little bit. For a long time, I was just into apathy and doing nothing. And just, I mean, there's pretty much there's a war inside me at all times between <laughs> two people. There's a side of me that really is likes to succeed and achieve things. And there's a side of me that just want to do nothing. It's funny nothing. because the part of you that I feel like everyone in comedy met was the guy sitting on the couch at, at UCB smoking bowls, kind of like almost like seamlessly succeeding on accident, you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I, I think that, the big transformation i think where you it seems like tell me if you think this is accurate do you think people respect you more when you not you in particular but do you think people respect you more when you seem to be in control of your life hmm. yes yes i feel like i feel like people can write off people who feel like they're they're out of control like a, a johnny depp mm -hmm. you know when when all that shit was jam by the way the verdict comes in in one hour i'm not familiar with it uh it's not that big of a deal <laughs> <laughs> hey, you not following any of it? No. Oh, it's so fucking awesome. It's so fucking awesome. Rogan got me hooked, like bad. Because I wasn't into it. And then he was into it. And I was like, I was like, and he started bringing up the shit that makes it really juicy. Mm -hmm. But one of the things is it ruined Johnny Depp's career because he looked out of control. He looked like mm -hmm. someone who would beat his wife or 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 such. And then you found out all oh, that's a fucking lie. And in a weird way, you start respecting him again. But but do you feel like, because you're a person that took control of your life by the balls, I would say. Thank you. I never really look at it like that. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it starts with weight loss, but you, but, but by doing your podcast and, and, and getting married and having another kid, like, it seems like you, I, I don't mean this, but I, I feel it looked from the outside looking in, it looked like you decided to take control of your, your own situation. There are definitely things that I, I wanted. That's um, something I always remind myself. Like right now when I'm in an argument with my wife because she, I want to buy her a car and she's making it difficult. Uh, and I have to remind myself that this is what I wanted. This, these are the things, these are the situations I wanted to get into. And there were, I was, it just came to a point where like, I was like, oh, I'm on a show. I'm having fun. I'm dating a bunch of people. I'm buying all the shoes that I want. But I was like, I want a house. I want a wife. I want somebody I can trust to build things with. Yeah. I want a family. I want, I mean, and I don't ever, I guess I do. I tell this to my newborn son while he's <laughs> sleeping. But I'm like, you got to watch out for your big brother. I'm like, <laughs> you, like, I go, I will take care of you. I got you. Yeah. But I need you to not be a dick. And I need you to look out for your big brother when I'm gone. And that's kind of the things that I was starting to focus on. And um, to now have them is beautiful for me. It makes me, I'm, I'm very grateful. I love, I got a new house, new things. Uh, very good. But then I come here and I'm like, I could do better. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Listen, man, I lived in that shithole house that you came to. We lived there. I mean, by the way, I, I can't. 
I don't want to say that I'm trying to do a lot of things different in my life. Number one, I'm trying not to talk shit about people. That's good. Meaning like just just anything but, negative about any celebrity. Like oh, okay. meaning like sometimes like I like I did it to um I've done I did it on a lot on Two Bears One Cave where someone would come up that you thought would never hear it. Uh-huh. Like you just you don't realize you don't realize what's you know. Mm-hmm. Let me just like be honest about something that you didn't like and be like, yeah, man, fuck that movie or whatever. Yeah. And then you make a movie and you're like, I'll, ne- I'll never say fuck that so movie ever hard. again. Yeah. But it's so easy to go fuck that movie because you turn it on. And you're like, I don't like it. It's not yeah. it's not for me. Yeah. And then you and then but you but having done that, you know, oh, it, this is a mm-hmm. it's very difficult. So that's one of the things I'm trying to do. And the other thing I'm trying to do is uh, not diminish anything I have or not or not cower in in compliment. Mm-hmm. Like like when someone goes, hey, man, I love your special. I, my instinct is like to go, oh, there's better ones out there or whatever, you mm-hmm. know? But uh, I love that old house we lived in. I loved, Beautiful like house. I loved that house. Yeah. I loved that house probably more than this house just because all our family memories were made there. Mm. But uh, but I don't, I don't know what we were talking about. But there's a lot I've been trying to do, and it's funny. Uh, I, I saw Rob Deerdack. Do you know, are you familiar with Rob Deerdack? Yeah, ridiculousness. Yeah, but he's a really very motivational guy. Mm-hmm. He'd be great on your podcast because he's really into uh, optimization and, and, and vision and, and, and accountability and quantifying uh, certain things. But, uh, but he's a guy that, I, like, I feel like sometimes when you're overweight, people, is very, people, people can very easily write you off. Yeah. And it, it's one of the more frustrating things. What were no, you I just feel like I, I, I'm because now I get a little bit more about what you were talking to me. Hey, I want to go a few places, so go with me. Hey, I love that. Um, not talking shit about uh celebrities and things like that, just because I, it's been a rule of mine to just like, I, I mean, I will talk shit. There's a small group of people. I learned to like stop talking shit on any, online or yeah. spread now, but I will. I, of course, there's like my friends, my text group, my wife. I will talk shit about people I don't respect or them because it just gets it out of me, and then I can go along my day. I don't mm-hmm. have to carry that with me. Um, but then I had a rule: like if I haven't shook your hand, if I haven't looked you in the eye, I don't want to talk shit about you. I don't know. There's so many. Oh, it's interesting. I do. I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I only talk shit about you when I don't know you. If I do know you, I won't talk shit about you. (laughs) I have a hard time. I have a hard time with like, because it's just so, I I don't know the right way to say this, but like you forget how, uh, you forget how easily you can bump into someone. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Like, I have fun, pokingly talk shit about Brad Pitt my whole career. Like just just mostly gay shit like i like I, oh if you ever kissed me or if you ever t-, like just talked you don't realize that he might hear that and then one day he becomes good friends with segura and and i'm like oh shit man he, he didn't hear the shit i said or like or you talk about athletes mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden one of the athletes hits you up and he's like you're like oh my god like i wouldn't ne- but like like the people i talk shit about like i, I like this is a, a safe place i i talk shit about like uh I'd never, talk, I, I mean, I read, I'd never talk shit about like Pete Holmes because I've been through that. Mm-hmm. Like I know him, even mm-hmm. though we don't talk all the time. I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't even jokingly talk shit about him because I don't, because I know him. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. No, I understand that. Uh, and then I just want to talk about like 
it was one thing I didn't enjoy, especially when I was overweight. Like thing you said that 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 people were like, oh, he looks like he's succeeding by accident. It looks like everything he does is unplanned or un um or just easy. And I was like, I work hard. Yeah. I work. I think about my comedy all the time. I get up. I do my sets all the time. I listen to my sets. Like I work hard at this, and so that was always something that. But then I had to learn that that was actually a compliment. And I was like, "Oh, you're falling for the bit. You're falling for the for the whole vibe that I'm pulling out there. That it looks easy to you. That's actually a compliment." Yeah. Well, it's it. It's one of the things I heard someone say something about me one time, and they're like, "You don't you don't get there by accident." And they were like, you know, Bert actually works. And when I heard that, I was, I remember going like, yeah, no fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And then you hear people like talk shit about you on other podcasts, but they don't say your name. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm not some fat guy that just gets in a Speedo to sell tickets. And you're like, mm. hold on, there's a lot of thought that goes into, mm-hmm. you know, just because I'm fat. Like, it's, and then if I lost weight, you'd still shit on that. Mm-hmm. And so there's, and so yeah, I think when you're overweight, people write you off. And then when you lose weight, did you have the thing when you lost weight where people were like, oh, well, what are we going to do with you now? Yeah, I mean, there were people who were just like, oh, if you lose so, too much weight, people aren't going. They would be like my old posters up at shows and just be like, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, you didn't know what to do with me before. What does it matter? I'm still showing you what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not fully formed yet. Like, I, I feel like that's one of the things I love the most in this business that seems to be underwritten lately it's just like people develop they change you grow you evolve and that's what you're supposed to do you're not supposed to be this product that same stays the same for 20 30 years like i mean i talked about this a lot like my favorite artists in this world the group that like i love was outcast and outcast didn't have like the same album out every year they put an album out every four years and every time they put it out it changed the shape of where hip-hop was going like every one of their albums just changed the sound and it was like okay everything you listened to before this album is old now yeah and that's type of stuff that i'm into it's just like let me grow let me change and then um i put that back into my comedy or my acting or whatever yeah what that's a good question who 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 inspires you to to change like who inspire like what artists inspire you you Uh, said outcast and by the way mm -hmm. there i have them up right there they're a huge inspiration to me i mean i i've i think growing up in the south they were the one hip-hop band where they weren't doing there was a lot of things in florida everything was that 808 sound so there's a lot of things that sounded very similar and so there's a lot of things that weren't very different and especially in the south i felt like that was kind of the vibe as you got and then but then outcast i remember and this sounds silly but it was like the question of what the fuck's up with andre 3000 that in itself mm-hmm. allowed you to realize there was a a, a porno for pyros or, or jane's addiction a, a perry farrell mm-hmm in their band which you were like oh this is fucking different Mm -hmm. but my inspirations are a lot of them are hip-hop yeah me too really hip-hop and wrestling yeah not much in comedy at all but i think that's you wouldn't want it to be in comedy right because this that's taking somebody else's voice or taking somebody else's style like obviously before i started it's easy to see that i was influenced by people like mitch hedberg dave chappelle um lucille ball those are my, my three biggest influences in comedy but like when i think about 
what I want to put together or, or, or who I want to portray or be in, in comedy, I, it always goes into hip hop. Like I, my favorite rapper is Currency. And I always like, I don't know Currency. Currency's from New Orleans. A lot of people don't know Currency, but Currency got a lot of cars. Currency got a lot of money. Currency got a couple businesses. And Currency can go anywhere he wants. Currency was in the front row of the New Orleans Pelicans versus the Phoenix Suns game seven. Chris Paul came over and gave him a hug. Really? Uh, he did. Uh, and that's what I like about now I, Now just, I'm going to listen to Currency. He makes amazing songs. And it's just about his life, his lifestyle, what he's into. And if you listen to my comedy, it's pretty much the same thing. Because I've been listening to Currency before I even started comedy. But I was like, I'm going to talk about what I'm into, what I like, what's going on in my life. And I'll make some references to like stuff I'm watching. Because I remember he made this reference to like, the season of the real world where david got kicked out and Wait, I, was, I would love currency i am the biggest fan of the real world road rules exactly oh shut the fuck he and made I a had reference to rewind he it. made a reference to when david got kicked out yes please say he said something about uh lyme's disease <laughs> <laughs> oh wow i gotta uh, hear fucking currency now they just they just want to see you contradict yourself i evict yourself from the house like the situation where beth instigated with tammy that got david kicked out <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh shit <laughs> Oh, see, you know that guy, David, was uh, Dave Chappelle's, Dave Chappelle's friend. Yeah, really yeah. good friend. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch him do comedy. He used to come to the Boston Comedy Club. I've seen him a couple times, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was actually really funny. Mm -hmm. There was a, that's crazy. I've actually Googled him a couple times. I've always wondered what happened to Aaron from that season. Because <laughs> Aaron was like the golden boy mm -hmm. who then did it and then walked away. You know, I ran into Dom from, uh, from I guess, what what was he? Was he this, was he the first season? Remember Dom, the Irish guy? Yes. So I ran into Dom at Sebastian Maniscalco's show at the Forum, and I geeked out. And he was, I was like, hey, man, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And he was like, he was like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I, I'm just a huge fan. And he goes, do you want to talk about that one season of Real World? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I don't. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I could get that. I get that. I get. I remember that was one of the first times where I was like, "Oh man, I'm starting to do something in comedy. I'm starting to give." I was when I met and started become friends with Irene from the Seattle season. Yeah. I was like, "Oh man, Irene, this is the best." Wait, oh that's right, because you were up there, right? Yeah, in the Northwest. Oh, yeah, shit. We're still friends. Like, call, <laughs> she won't care about that. With us, but her daughter was in the hospital for some reason, and she was watching a bunch of the Trolls movies, and she was like, I didn't know you were Cooper. And she's like, my daughter loves Cooper. And so while she was in the hospital, I just sent her some voice messages of uh, as Cooper being oh, like, you're cool. going you're gonna, to you're gonna get out of this hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's I, I was obsessed with Real World. When... I'm, when I was in the car with Segura one time, this is when, like, fucking probably 19 years ago. No, 18 years ago, I guess. And he was like, yeah, I'm dating this chick. And I was like, who? And he's like, I I don't know. You might know her. She was in Road Rules. And I was like, who the fuck are you dating? And he's like, Christina Pajitsky. I go, wait, Susie's friend? <laughs> she, he was like, do you know her? And I was like, do I know her? The one in the season with Piggy? And he was like, oh, God, you know her? And I went, hold on, do I know her? when do i get to meet her <laughs> and he was like don't be weird about this i go i'm already weird about this like I, you're my friend and i already like her more and i was i lost my shit why was that such a did you ever apply to any of those no oh i did 
I can see that with you. Yeah, let me sure. tell you something. There's a lot of paths this kid could have taken in this career that would have landed to zero. Like, like I, I wanted every quick get rich skip get get rich quick scheme in this business. Like MTV VJ, I auditioned to that. There was a they didn't want to be a VJ. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, of and they did. Uh, they had that guy Jesse mm -hmm. from the band. Yeah, Jesse. Wait, how yeah. old are you? You're you're like you're my you're not my age. You're like ten years younger than I'm me. Thirty nine. Yeah, but but I feel like all our references are the same. I like older things, and I like. I mean, also the real world world rules of institution. Also, you were probably a little old to be watching it. Uh, I was watching the challenge shows when I had children. I was obsessed <laughs> with the challenge shows. I mean. If Johnny Banana Johnny Bananas DM me one time and I was like, fucking Johnny Bananas? <laughs> <laughs> fucking next thing you know, Wes is gonna hit me up. This is insane. I remember like, I remember, I remember telling Christina, I was like, you need to go back and do one more of those challenge shows. She was like, I think I'm I think I'm good. It's always interesting the people that walked away from it. Now you gotta you gotta Yeah, what? Like Theo. Well, yeah, Theo's 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 who do you think has succeeded the most? Out of the real world world rules? There's no one answer. There's only one answer, I think. It's got to be The Miz. Yeah, oh, of course, The Miz. Can I tell the you? Miz is one of my heroes for that. Because I, I remember that. I mean, that was one of the reasons, I'm just keep interrupting No, 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 no But that one of the reasons where I was like, maybe I can be comedy. It was the fact that I was like, I remember seeing him go, I want to do this. I want to do this. This is what I want to be. And then he fucking did it. Dude, he is such a... I understand we're talking about The Miz right now, but he is such an inspirational person mm -hmm. because not only did he say that on the road rules, but he did that challenge show. He did the WWE challenge show, like the co competition show, mm -hmm. and they were giving him shit, and he was extremely clear with his intentions. I want to be this. I want to be the world I want this. Something I've wanted my whole fucking life, and he is that. Like, he is that. Like, it's, it's so amazing to see that journey and it's like I'm a fan of his only because I watched him when he was in he was in Chicago, right? He did mm -hmm. Chicago, and they were on the they did the the September 11th episode where they weren't allowed to watch September 11th. I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and by the way, his honesty on that season now not to get too into the weeds where everyone starts digging up clips, but his honesty of his upbringing and his upbringing was pretty rural. Meaning, I, I don't I think like uh, there were maybe colorful things said about uh, race and gender and stuff like that. Where even at the time you're like, Ooh. but like his honesty in those moments i respected because i went this guy's this guy's doing the game right mm -hmm. he's playing the game right what we ask for when you're on a reality show is you to be 100 percent honest that's the enjoyable thing yeah and, i and, love it that's why i hate it when shows get too successful and they start playing the game that's why i mean even though still i love 90 day fiance even though everybody's yeah. playing the game but those first few seasons when people were actually in love so good there was those were pretty those were pretty fucking spectacular it's almost like it's almost like uh like when you as a as a father of an autistic child when you see love on the spectrum mm -hmm. how does that register with you? I have a hard time watching that cuz yeah. it just hits too close to home uh with me. I just actually had to do a assessment with my son yesterday that kind of bummed me out cuz like they basically like give him an IQ test and give him all these other like behavioral tests in front of me and I have to like see his limitations when normally i'm just used to seeing the growth that he's made and how he is at home which is like we're used to his his rhythms and everything and to then like have it 
put in my face. And then they're, they'll be like, well, okay, well, yeah, he definitely uh, is going to get approved. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. But yeah. uh, then it just reminds me, I'm like, shit, I can still, because, you know, they, she asked them, like, where do you want to live when you get older? Where do you want to grow up? And she just goes, with my dad. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's keep it. We got to keep making money. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, it's one of the things, like, if I don't have, I don't have, there's not a lot of shit I care about in life like that isn't that doesn't directly affect me right like uh like i try try, like yesterday i tried very hard to get interested into the in the war in yemen but i Mm -hmm. just if i don't know for whatever reason it doesn't it doesn't it's not i I don't have any vested interest Mm -hmm. and and i'm listening that the war in yemen and the war in ukraine are possibly leading to a third world war that that's going to happen and that and certain things I, i i want to be more vested in the one of the only things and I've, I've tried to i've tried to figure out a way and maybe 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 you can help me but i've tried to figure out a way like for whatever reason being a parent the vulnerability of being a parent really f- is the one thing that fucks me up yeah uh i'm very lucky to still have my dad but the idea that i might lose my dad or the idea that um i might leave past and my kids won't, won't have any guidance it fucks me up and the one thing that I got a hair up my ass one day and I said, you know what I want to do? I would like to help out. And I, I, this, I'm not doing it right. But I said to Leanne, I said, I would like to adopt a, 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 a mentally challenged, I don't know the right way to say it, but a, a special needs, I don't know the right way to okay. say it, but a child whose parents are older. I'd like to adopt him from his parents like, and have him come work for us. He can have his, we can just set him up but I would love to take that burden off an older couple. And I said, let's do that. And then immediately Leanne's like, you're going to be on the fucking road and it's going to be me doing it. And I was like, well, then I'll bring them on the road with us. And she's like, no, you're not. That's not what any parent's going to want is you to just take their fucking kid on the road. She's like, it's so much bigger than you fucking realize mm-hmm. that you're saying. But that's the one thing that I think like that and like Operation Smile, which is a really cool foundation. Mm-hmm. I used to be in, in touch with St. Jude's. I used to do stuff for St. Jude's. St. Jude's is it's such a great foundation but it's like there's it's so they're so complicated i I tried to give them money so many times and they didn't want it because where it was coming from and and that bothered me but like operation smile great change a kid's face a kid in a third world country jessica simpson was one that turned me on to that Mm -hmm. but i was like i was like that would be like such a great foundation to like set up where you go look i'm not going to fix the homeless thing but one thing i can be very tangible about is you know parents that are older that have to that are worried what's going to happen with their kid because there's so many bad people out there that take advantage of, of yeah. people oh yeah i mean this i don't know maybe i even told it when i was here last but that was the like if there was any moment that were like oh why do you work hard why are you in comedian why do you think it was um I found out that my son was diagnosed with autism when he was about two years old. I remember me and my ex-wife were, we went to this park that we would always hang out with when we were in high school. We'd go smoke bowls there, hang out there. And uh, we just took my son there and we just kind of were like hanging out there and pushing him on the swing. And we were kind of just crying because we were like, this is just new news for us, you know? And then we see like this van pull up and it's a group of like mentally challenged and, and disabled adults and their caretakers. And um, they just weren't treating them right. They weren't, yeah. they were just yelling at them and just like, just no way you would want your kid to be talked to. 
And I just remember at that moment, I was like, I have to, whatever I do, I have to be successful enough that I can either have someone, I can pay my mom or somebody to stay with him, or I can afford to make sure whoever stays with him is top of the line. Yeah. I need to, because I wouldn't, I was like, I can never have him go through that. I would never want my son to be put in that position. And it's difficult even now, because I'm like, man, there's so many other kids and other people who have to go through that. And, and it, like you said, it's just big and it's hard to deal with. And I try to deal with a few charities and autism space. And, and one of my favorite charities in just in town is this place called School on Wheels. Um, and they're just like, they just deal with like homeless and at-risk kids, providing them with like a after after school activities, a place to be yeah. so that, um, and a place where they can get their homework done, a place where they can hopefully escape poverty through education. And, um, for, you know, someone who like me, where I grew up, I mean, I didn't grow up in, in, in homeless or anything, but I definitely was in a good area in the way that my sister and I got out was through education through learning through and i turned it from art and my sister's a doctor but we use it in different ways but it was all because my mom instilled culture took us to museums took it showed us that just because we were in this situation now that that didn't define who you were as a person what did your mom do my mom was a, was a social worker and then she was a nurse she was a prison nurse for a while. She worked at a just nursing for prisoners. She really enjoyed that for a bit. She was a private nurse for a while. She didn't enjoy that at all. Uh, and then now she's just retired and she bounces around from uh, my sister's house and my, my house and takes care of grandchildren. Where's your sister live? She lives in Phoenix. Arizona. Okay, that's yeah. not bad. Mm -hmm. That's boom, boom. And uh, did you, was your my mom divorced? Mm-hmm. And did you have a relation with your dad? Uh, yeah, my my, it's been complicated. I just saw my dad uh, a few weeks ago because my grandma passed away, uh, so I went to her her funeral. But I hadn't, I kind of just like see my dad at big events. I see him at my sister's wedding or funerals, um, and other than that, we don't really uh, talk that much. It's just you know in my life back and forth and. Uh, there was just a time. I mean, I'm trying to do better at it now. I want to actually have a better relationship with him now. But before I was just like, I still had like a child mindset about it where I'm like, oh, I don't, I can't allow, put myself in a position where you could have someone around that could hurt me or my family or anything like that. But now I'm like, I take care of my family. We're fine. So I mean, we'll see. I'll probably, I'll probably invite him over for Thanksgiving or something. It's summertime. The days are hot. The grill is going. It's a perfect time to enjoy some wine with some friends and family. But did you know the summer heat and sunlight can actually spoil wine and your good times? If not properly stored, it's time to get those bottles out of the boxes, off your countertop, and protect them with a wine fridge from Wine Enthusiast. Wine Enthusiast designs and offers the largest selection of wine coolers for every drinker, every budget, every size collection from six to 600. Plus, expert wine storage consultants are available by phone to help you find the right fit for all your needs. Wine Enthusiast is the premier destination for the wine lifestyle, offering an incredible selection of unique wine accessories, glassware, furniture, wine storage, and gifts, and more. Don't miss Wine Enthusiast 4th of July Wine Cellar and Furniture Sale. Save up to 25% on wine cellars and fine furniture now through July 4th.
Visit WineEnthusiast.com or text the code BERT to 511-511. Text BERT to 511-511. Text BERT to 511-511 today. Certain exclusions may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text fees may apply. Text STOP to opt out. This podcast is sponsored by Helix Mattresses. Holy shit. For the best sleep in your entire life, get yourself a Helix mattress. Here's why. I'm not reading any copy. I'm talking right to you. We have, I think now, six of these mattresses. I took the sleep quiz. It takes two minutes. I did not know what I wanted in a mattress. The night I got on it the first night, I went, oh, this is way too soft for me. This isn't what I normally do. I woke up having had the best sleep of my life. The mattress takes, you can see the video on my Instagram, less than I, I literally set up the mattress in two minutes on the bed. The, the the quiz takes two minutes, and you get two free pillows. Everyone's sleep is unique. Helix knows that. That's why they have several different ma- mattress models to choose from. Soft, medium, firm. Great for cooling. If you sleep hot, great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. And even Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers like Tommy. Uh, I'm telling you, I absolutely love these mattresses. They're my favorite mattresses I've ever slept on. Literally, I took the Helix Sleep Quiz. It matched me with the model mattress I wanted. It was a little softer than I thought because I guess I'm a side sleeper. Anyway, regardless, I slept in it. Best sleep of my life. I loved it. That sleep quiz, I wish I had that for more things in life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Bert. But I was talking to my buddy who doesn't have a relationship with his dad. And my buddy's very successful. And I said, does, does that, in a very weird way, he said it doesn't inspire him. It does, he doesn't even think about it. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. But like, I would think, I do everything for my, my dad's approval. Mm-hmm. I would imagine if I had no relationship with my dad, my motivation would be the exact opposite. To show him, look what you look what you're missing out on. Yeah. No, a lot of, I mean, and it's been back and forth. Uh, not back and forth, but more like a... <sighs> A journey to try to figure out where where I am with my dad as far as, like, I was mad at him that he wasn't always there when I needed him or, like, seemed like he couldn't really, um, didn't know how to protect his his people. And I and then also, I mean, here's a story. I don't know. I mean, shit, I'll tell it. I don't care. Um, my dad has, like, four or five, five kids, four different women, and his last kid he had, like, in his 50s. And so... I had this little brother and I met him and he was like, you know, one, two years old. And I just like, he's younger than my son, you know? And so I went and met him and I was like, man, this kid looks just like me when I was a little kid. And he likes wrestling. Like I like wrestling and like this. And then I went and um, was just so interested in it. It was like, man, I'm going to be around and hang out in this kid's life. And then I remember going and, and seeing a couple of my cousins and they were talking about how, they had taken him in the back alley and like had taught him how to like shoot pistols. And I was like, he's three. <laughs> like, it's not like some shooting range. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. some, yeah. like, like no positive situations going to yeah. come out of this. And I'm like, my dad doesn't even know this. And I'm like, and, the, and it was that moment where I was like, oh, like I need to disconnect because I can't, if I'm invested, I'm going to want to protect all of these people. And if I could do that, that's going to distract me from what I need to be doing, which is protecting my son and building my career. And so it was, I just was like, I have to disconnect from this and just be like, you don't, 
you just aren't really capable of having the right judgment of putting the right people around who is supposed to be your most precious commodities. Yeah. You know? And that's something I had known from being his son, you know? And so <laughs> <laughs> and then that was where I was always tried the opposite, you know? And I think I stayed in my first marriage too long because I was like, I'm not gonna have a bunch of kids. I'm not gonna have, the, I'm gonna stay in, I'm gonna be in this thing. And um, and then when my son graduated high school, there was a part of me that got angry about my dad where I was just like, I'm like, man, like it's been hard for me. I've been a single dad. I went, I got full custody of my son, which is very hard to do as a man. And I'm here and I did this and I believe, and I was like, where, where were you? You yeah. know? And so it kind of pissed me off a bit, but then yeah, at the end of the day, you gotta be like, everybody's got their demons. Everybody's got their issues. My dad's been around. My dad, like, he was there exactly when I needed him. When my mom was in an abusive relationship and I was like 12, 13 and I was on the verge of like becoming a different person. I wasn't my sweet, normal nature itself. I was looking for fights. I was looking for something to get my anger out on. And, um, if my dad hadn't been there at that time and got me out of that situation and let me move to Oregon, um, I don't think my life would have turned out well. So in that, I always have to remember to be grateful to him for that because and that's something I talk about and with therapy because that um, he saved my life in that regard. Yeah. Do, are you in therapy? Uh, not recently. I was for a while, but I think then she, she just kind of stopped booking sessions. So I was like, maybe I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking... That's... Uh, I've 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 had their I've had therapists stop working with me. <laughs> I had one but therapist. it wasn't like you're not. It was like she would. I would go to things. And she's like, you got a really good handle on things. And I was like, That's oh, okay. so fucking good to hear. Yeah, I've never had that. My problem with therapy right now is I talk. I'm I'm talking too much. Meaning, like, actually, physically, I'm trying to get. If I'm on the road. I'm always in a battle of losing my voice mm -hmm. and I, and I don't want to talk for yeah. one more hour. Yeah. 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 And I'm the only one that can talk to make therapy valuable. Mm -hmm. So, and then I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing, so I, I, I wish I could do therapy silent. I wish I had the computer chips that they could put do in your you head. Think, does that affect your marriage at all? Because I think like with me, sometimes I, I have that where I'm like, I don't want, I come home and I don't want to talk to anybody. And so then it makes it seem like I'm not interested in, in, in um, participating in the relationship where I'm like, no, I just am sick of talking right now. We can do whatever. But yeah. no, now I've had to learn to be like, Hey, when I come home, like I'm going to take like an hour and then I can come out and be like fully engaged. My problem is when I get home, Leanne hasn't talked to another adult mm. in three weeks. So like, cause I go on tour for three weeks at a time and then come home for a week mm -hmm. And so there's been a lot that's going on. So she'll fire hose me where it's just like, and I'm, and you, she'll see me like tap out emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a situation where my life is set up where I, I don't mean this. I don't, and I know this is going to come out wrong, but I don't do a lot of things for myself. Like I have a big team around me mm -hmm. of like a tour manager and an assistant, two cameramen, an editor, I mean, I have everyone around me, so I will come home as if that hasn't changed, and I'll be like, 
and I have a hard time not getting what I want out of everything. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm like, like last night's a perfect example. I, uh, the girls wanted ramen and I didn't want ramen. It very seldomly on the road. Do I not get what I want to eat? Like if I, I'm paying for everyone's dinner. Mm -hmm. So if I say, Hey, do you guys want steaks? No one ever goes, no, we want ramen. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, but I don't, I don't say this, but like, that's just the way it works. You know, how it works. Yeah. Take your opener out on the road to dinner. What do you want to eat? And well, basically he's going to defer to you because you're paying. Yeah. So last night I said, uh, I said to Leanne, it's the same thing happened tonight. They want to, they want steaks. And I go, I don't want to make steaks. And they're like, we're making steaks. I go, I just want to call my assistant and be like, Hey man, can you fix this for me? <laughs> I did this thing. I do this thing. I do this thing to my assistant, Peter. It's horrible, by the way. I know this is going to get, I'll get fucking slammed for this. When I want to drink, I just go, Peter. And he'll mm -hmm. go, okay. And mm -hmm. I did it to Leanne last night. Oh, no. I go, hey, babe. And she goes, what the fuck did you just do? And I went, oh, I, never mind. I'll make it myself. She goes, I'm sorry. Did you just call me like a horse to make your fucking drink? And I go, that's what I do to Peter. And she goes, uh, that shit stops immediately. And I was like, well, no, that's how Peter knows I want to drink. Instead of me going, another double yeah, Tito's yeah, and soda. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, but I did it to Leanne last night. And she was fucking livid so we we call it re-entry for us for me it's our my re-entry is always takes a while and, and this re-entry was very difficult mm -hmm. and this re-entry has been very difficult um because I, I spent you know the last literally i mean i've been on the road even during covid and so i, I this re-entry has been very very tough i love that though i, I love that whole story hey i'm assuming you've met with khalifa before but you no. know he does he has a uh 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 think a regular assistant and then just a weed assistant so whenever he just goes like this someone just puts a joint in his hand yeah and so it's very similar you're not you're not alone in that in that situation <laughs> well, snoop, had a, snoop had a blunt roller mm -hmm. they had like a professional blunt yeah. roller oh yeah it's uh wiz khalif is an interesting guy he just got really into uh is it muay thai mm -hmm. and i've been watching him a lot he seems like an interesting guy. He is very interesting. I had dinner with him once, and I just learned that he doesn't. He never has tried sparkling water, and he refuses. Uh, and that sparkling he, water is fucking awesome. That's what I was trying to impart on him. What the fuck? How can he? How can you try as many? I'm sure he's tried more than just weed, but not try sparkling water. It's such a joy. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel like an adult. It does. I think it's like a way to not say like I feel like he was like, Oh, if I'm a black dude that drinks sparkling water, then I'm white now, you know. I There's think. the responsibility of being a black man is so overwhelming for it is. You can't even enjoy a nice sparkling water, bird. Dude, I watch uh my bus driver's a really close friend of mine. Um, a black dude. And uh and by the way, he's giving me shit right now if he's listening because he goes, Don't say black dude. Why you gotta say black dude? You know I mean, because I assumed you said black dude. He yeah, was yeah, black yeah, because yeah. the story was about yeah. being black. And Ron's going, You just said it twice. What's yeah. that mean? <laughs> so uh, but there's but there's so much there's so much that you get to, you get away with as a white guy mm -hmm. that you that in a weird way you don't get away with as a black guy. Like there's there's you've got to you've got to keep it up here for your culture at times. Yeah. Where I where as a white guy you can almost like completely sell out your culture entirely and and skate by. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah, like I I can't imagine like I don't know anything about sneakers. 
But like if Ron goes into a and Ron knows a lot. By the way, his name's Ron also. Okay, yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking yeah. about me. No, his name's Ron. That's <laughs> so crazy. I didn't even realize was, that you were both. You only Ron. have black friends named Ron. Yeah, I only, I only <laughs> have black Rons. And so, so like, uh, like we went when we go to a sneaker store. He knows so much more about sneakers than I do. Like he's got, he's got like, I I can't go into too much detail about his life because there's certain things he said to me where I go. As a white guy, you could show your own vulnerability. You could show, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that really kind of fucked me up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it, it's almost like welcomed with white guys. It's like, hey, tell, talk about how that, that bothered you. I remember, you know. Yeah. I remember. I'm trying to think of a, of a safe Ron story that kind of really articulates it. But, like, uh, I hope, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is okay. Uh I think Ron had a problem with his dad one time. I think it was his stepfather. I don't think it was his birth dad. And uh, and he said the confrontation was handled by like, like his, his dad just got in his face and said, we don't have a problem anymore. And Ron's like, and that's how we settled it. And by the way, and I apologize, Ron, if he's hearing this and going, that's not the story you told me. I don't want to go too deep into the story because I'm it's, it's Ron's life. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking like, oh, my dad and I haven't even had that big of problems, and I've and I've been in therapy and been like, my dad's such an asshole. He doesn't understand me. Like it's such a you can do that as a white guy is like mm-hmm. is almost like give up. Whereas when you're a black guy, you kind of gotta. And I don't know where that. I don't know how that got imprinted on black people, like in, in on black men mm-hmm. more so. Yeah, and there's a lot of just suck it up. You don't talk about your issues, and you don't. I remember I would have this conversation with this guy in, in hip hop who I really enjoyed. He passed away. His name's Combat Jack. And um, I remember he 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 had a pot. He had like one of the first podcasts I would listen to. Like I think I was still in my early twenties at this point, and his podcast got picked up to be like an internet show. And I saw the intro of the show, and it's just like all of him like in front of a helicopter, other people, and every time they're just like mean mugging, mean mugging, mean mugging. And I always remember I DM'd him, and I was like, "You just got your own show, and you can't crack one smile." <laughs> <laughs> like no you're not supposed to. especially in that hip-hop community smiling is weakness and i was like i i'm smiling i smile all the fucking time it's one of the things i like about myself and it's nothing that um is is from because sometimes i worry about like c- continuing to grow a black audience and show that like um I don't want to have just a full white audience, you know, that was not, I want to have an audience of all types of people. This thing I pride myself on is that like, I'll go to my shows and there's like 80 year old people and then 20 year old people and full families. I love that about my, the stuff that I do. Um, and I just get worried that I wasn't like portraying enough black stuff. And I remember talking to the, or legend, I mean, uh, Bun B from U- from UGK. He's big rap legend, Houston, and and big comedy fan. He loves comedy a lot, and he just talked to me once, and um, he ended up doing the intro of my first album after we had this conversation. And he was just like, "Man, he's like, no, I I fuck with you because you are you, and you're doing exactly what you want to do, and that's what 
anyone needs to be doing whether you know that's that is an act of being black and proud and showing joy and being yourself he's like that's hip-hop that's like that's real art it's just being who the fuck you are and i from then on i was like man if bum b says i'm fucking down what, who, <laughs> who <laughs> <can't afford> <laughs> if b likes me yeah dude that, well, that was it's, it's interesting because that is who you are you have not like there's you have never had a problem smiling You've never had a problem changing or being who you are. And you've never written to garner an audience. You've kind of written to be who you are and let those audience find you. I would love more diversity in my audiences. That's just not who likes me. You know, I mean, it's it's always interesting to me when you do like a meet and greet line and you see just like a, a diverse couple. Like, uh, like I, the, you know, and I think I got those from doing clubs for as long as I did is because like, the clubs would throw out the net and you get people but when you do like specials it kind of you kind of find your demographic mm -hmm. your demographic ultimately is going to look a lot like you mm -hmm. it's gonna i mean like my demographic is overweight with beards they have hot wives that they don't deserve <laughs> and they're and 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 they're cool they like to party like to have a good time they like getting out in the sun they like fucking frisbee golf they like cold beers they like weed they probably like MMA. They have a few conspiracies up their sleeves. <laughs> and I doubt they're reading the latest, uh, the latest nonfiction bestseller. <laughs> but but you can't, you don't get to pick your fans, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's you always have you always have kind of been just exactly who you are, which isn't like a do you do you see that though? Do you wish do you really wish you had like a more of a black audience? I mean, I I mean, mostly I just wish I had more audience. Really, <laughs> That's, I don't care what color, just more care. people, please <laughs> fill out these theaters, please. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't care if they're blind and deaf. Just get the seat. <laughs> Their fucking credit cards work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't care about much when it comes to that. I just like keeping. That's why I think I like to do a lot of different things, so I never get too frustrated. I think yeah. if I just strictly did stand up, I would be very frustrated. I would be like, "Why? Why don't I get this? Why don't I get that?" But because I don't have to, is because I'm like, "All right, I can just go um, do voiceovers for a while." Oh, if I get this acting gig, then this is great. I've been doing these hosting shows for for, for hewlett packard and omen like that nobody knows no comedian ever sees them saying, but they pay me enough to like where i'm like where i have canceled road gigs to really? stay home and do these uh is it like a zoom thing yeah four hours at my house really yeah and what do you do just Hey guys. I, I do trivia about video games. I talk about video games. I host a show. And then at the end, I play a video game with somebody. And then I make a bunch of money. So what are your, what, like, if you have, so if you have your passions, your pillars of passion, mm -hmm. okay? Stand up, video games, sneakers, wrestling. Mm -hmm. What else? Hip hop. Hip hop. Mm -hmm. And those are your five pillars? Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about sneakers then. <laughs> what I, i'm i'm like i'm i'm not i came to the sneaker game very late i think i might have hit you up about the sneaker game and you yeah. might have set me up with uh with uh angelo blando mm -hmm. um but i'm i i found that there's only like really one sneaker i like 
Like I only really like the Nike SB Low Dunks. Mm, okay. Like that's my. It's just it's like yeah, that, it, yeah. You got a fat foot. Yeah, I got a yeah, fat yeah, foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so like I like uh, like I saw your shoes when you came in. I was like, I like those, but I never like I have a great. Asics did a bunch of really cool shoes, but I feel like I think it was Asics. I think it was Asics. I'm pretty sure it was Asics. See if Asics Asics. I, they were really cool shoes, but it looked. To, I looked like a. I looked like I was on ice skates. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was definitely a six. No, maybe it was. Yeah, it was. No, maybe it wasn't. Motherfucker. No. Anyway, like I just same, got some. Can you look up the a six wabi sabis? Do they have those there? I don't know if I said those. Oh, you're you're not. It's not a six. Yeah, a s i c. <laughs> goofball a, yeah a b wabi no not wasabi wabi sabi yeah it was a6 a they were these purple yeah those ones i got these ones in there. oh those are good looking yeah do you think it's important to match your shoes with your shirt or match your shoes with something else or do you because i i find my, i have to match my hat with my shoes that's always a good look, I believe. I think that's a good combo that is um a basic one. So yeah. you don't want to overdo it because people will start going, this the guy always matches I do it all the time. His hat with his I have shoe. about I have about five to six hundred hats. Mm. I have I have probably a bigger hat game than I do, way bigger shoe game. Mm -hmm. a, a way bigger hat game than shoe game. But like I said, there's only a few. Um there's they, they there's not a ton of Nike SB dunks that you can wear the you know it's like i'm not gonna wear the fucking ben and jerry's ones mm -hmm. or the grateful dead one i'm never gonna wear those i'm not gonna buy them like i only buy the ones i want to wear and i don't have a problem wearing them um wait tell me more shoes that you uh, like because uh, that a6 shoe is a good looking shoe well I new mean, balance has got some really cool new balance shoes. does have good shoes now um i like it depends on what you if i'm traveling and i'm in a plane i like to wear my adidas ultra boost because they feel like your own little pillows all Their the ultra time. boost is a great fucking shoe it's a wonderful and by shoe. the way i i never was into yeezys i didn't understand them mm -hmm. and then i got a pair and i fucking loved them i never had a pair of yeezys but i've had that same journey with crocs i fuck crocs i can't even i can't even fuck with crocs that's what i thought I've but i got a to... pair and then i liked them no yes i actually said i actually said to steve fury the other day oh I those are my shoes nice what are those is those your actual these are shoes? my shoes ron funches pumas that uh, came out for Autism Awareness Month last year. Uh, again, another thing that, thank God I have my son. He helped me achieve my dreams. They gave me my own shoe. I got another pair coming out, I think, for for next Autism Awareness Month, next April. Uh, so I'm a shoe designer now. I designed them. Did you design the shoe? I did design the shoe. What's the, what's the, the puzzle piece? The puzzle piece is an autism reference that sometimes some people don't like. So it was, it got some, some positive and negative feedback. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why don't they like it? Uh, cause they feel like they, there's, if you're saying that there's, they're just a piece of the puzzle, they're not fully formed. I don't believe that it was for me. It was like saying that my life was not complete and Malcolm was a piece of the puzzle of my life that brought my life together but uh, you know people will always say certain things about different chairs it's a they, good looking shoe it's a great shoe pumas make really good shoes i, I like the puma shoes a classic clyde just white sneaker but then i wanted to hit it with that green with that neon green that represents the uh 
the Peltor headphones that my son always, he would always wear these big ass bright green airplane landing headphones. And I'd be like, man, why can't you wear something that doesn't, people can't <laughs> see you from a mile away. But then yeah. I was like, oh, there's that, that's cool. Like you're like, I don't care. Yeah. I want, I want, these are the ones I like. And, I, and that was like a big lesson for me with like not hiding my son's autism and that's in that shoe one of the things that when i was when i did birth to conquer one of the things that i found out very quickly is uh, autistic children uh, i don't know where on the spectrum but autistic children love roller coasters yes true and uh this dad man it was i, I it, it was almost like you know as a comic you, I, as a comic you can't help the um the economy of things just getting to the point the quickest so a lot of how crowd work you know for anyone listening how crowd work works is sometimes you just sizzle down and you can look at someone and you figure it out one of the things that i noticed very quickly is i a lot of dads who were stereotypically jocks like big guys with ch with boys that did not look stereotypically like jocks mm -hmm. who were they really you could tell you maybe couldn't tell exactly they were on the spectrum, but you mm -hmm. could tell there was a difference in the two people. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. you could have very quickly Oh, I can go, spot a parent and a kid on the spectrum a mile away. Yeah, right? For sure. And so I would, I, one dad, one time we were in Dollywood, and he was like, he was like, you like this? A, a fucking dude's jacked. And I go, uh, I go, yeah, I like riding roller coasters. He goes, I fucking hate it. I said, why do you do this? He goes, oh, my son's autistic. It's how we connect. It's like the one thing that gets us to connect. And he goes, I'll do anything to connect with him. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of us dads, like that dad over there, his son's autistic. And I was like, for real? And he's like, oh, it's a big thing. Like, he's like, uh, I think it's the the pressure, brace, the yeah. pressure of the brace, or the trail, the rails on the tracks. There's something about mm -hmm. trains as well. I was like, wow. And then I immediately, I mean, I couldn't fucking help myself. Very next place, I'm looking for dads. I'm like, hey, man. And I just fucking talked to him. Because at the time, I think we thought Isla was autistic. And, uh, and, but we, we yeah that was that was a fucking it's a it's a it's a it's a weird place when someone tells you something's wrong with your kids and then sometimes they do it very callously mm -hmm. and you're like hey man you got it i need softer gloves if you're gonna do this yeah like i know you do this all day i got <laughs> this is my job <laughs> yeah i got i mean it's even like i have i've uh some mouth problems right now and like they're pretty insurmountable and the guy was so fucking callous telling me about it and i was like hey man well you gotta understand i'm what i'm hearing is pretty heavy well he's like well i don't know what to tell you <laughs> i was like cool man i was like that's so cool I, I can't wait i was like can we get a second opinion and can we get someone else to say that to me differently that's all i really need is somebody just handled me a little more sensitive yeah. like what the fuck yeah sometimes it's like that i mean i remember we were dealing with um getting ready to have teddy and my new son and we went to my my wife's old OBGYN, and there was just this picture and it just said like baby factory and it's just all these babies coming down a conveyor belt and i was just like I, and i just told my wife i was like i like that's not a big deal but i go if you don't, because she was already like, I, I, not thinking that she liked that place that much. I go, but if you're not liking it, um, that really bothered me. That yeah. the fact that they consider, they just look at this thing as a factory, that they, it's not a special joy. One, you know, yeah. If, if that's how they view having babies, I don't feel comfortable with us having our baby here. And, and my wife was like, well, I was already not liking it. So let's switch up. 
Oh, that's fucking great. There's I get I can get rubbed the wrong way very quickly. I have a hard time standing up. It looks it looks very from I have a hard time standing up for myself or standing up for other people. I don't know when to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was I was just telling this to uh to I think maybe to Tom, but like when I see racism, I usually don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like uh it happened the other night on on our jet. It it happened. Was it you? No. <laughs> I was being sexist. I was sexist. Just so we're clear. I had been sexist moments before. I looked at our pilot and I was, who was a black woman. And I said, Hey, do we have cocktails? I was meaning like, do we have cocktails on this flight? Do you guys spy them? Cause I don't, I didn't bring any. And she looked at me and she goes, I'm the pilot. And I went, I don't really give a fuck who you are. I want someone to make me a drink. But then I was like, Oh, that was kind of sexist. I did look at her. I saw a chick, by the way, I knew the outfit. I knew the outfit was the fucking, I knew the outfit was the fucking right one. Mm-hmm. But then someone was some kind of racist, and I, I was like, "You just cringe, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't, do, am I supposed to? That's it. Flight's over. Everyone off the plane. Come on, guys, we're gonna wait until we get another. Like, I don't know how to. I didn't know what to do, so I just didn't do anything. Mm. And I thought, I remember thinking Amy Schumer would have done something. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really thought that. I was like, Amy would have done something. She would have said something. I didn't say anything. I just was like, I don't know what to say. Mm. And you feel bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know like I mean I was like I was like that's fucked up it's like you you're an adult you gotta fucking speak up do you speak up for you I'll speak up for you too I'll stand next to you if you want to stand up for yourself oh they were racist in their face no it was it was it was like just a an odd racial joke it was an odd racial joke that just was like that every one of us were like oh it was like by the way you can tell I think sometimes the same pilot yeah, it was no, no, no. It wasn't the black chick. It was a black chick and a white dude, and the white dude just said something. Uh, just like uh, I said it on two bears. So I don't mind saying it again, but he's like, uh, "This is uh, Lynn. She's our Asian persuasion. She was the flight attendant." And we were all just like, "Oh, didn't need to say that at all." Mm-hmm. Like, but then I didn't know what to do. Like, I'm not. She seemed cool with it. So I don't, I don't, I'm not going to stand up. I'm not okay, going to, I'm yeah. not, I'm you not going to. Yeah. You made it sound even worse. I didn't oh, yeah, know yeah. what happened. No, 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 no. Yeah. It was, well, it wasn't bad, but like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get outraged if you're not outraged. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not my position to tell you when you get offended. You know, I can tell you if someone says something to you, mm-hmm. I can tell you it strikes me the wrong way, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you that it struck me. I'm not going to go like, Hold on, Ron. I'll take care of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. But I think I know now. I don't know what I've done at the time, but I feel like now I would have just booed that person. You'd be like, that didn't that didn't land. I'd be like, boo. Then oh. <laughs> that's small, and, but you get it. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been smart. I, I think, once again, as a white guy, it's, it's you stand on real slippery uh, footing trying to advocate for someone that doesn't need you to advocate for them. You that's know what I mean? True. Course. it's like uh i just i just i can definitely just go oh and mm-hmm. be like all right next so who's getting me a cocktail <laughs> that's exactly what i said i was like yo <laughs> sunglass season is here and there is no better option than our friends at shady rays shady rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as those expensive pairs we've worn in the past durable frames extremely clear polarized lens for living outdoors and beyond and that's not all Shady Rays has the most insane protection in all eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. 
if you lose your pair or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Get as crazy as you want this summer and make sure to be wearing your Shady Rays and wear them with confidence. They provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your Shady Rays and feel good knowing you're making an impact. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. I love my Shady Rays. They're the best sunglasses in the business. And I keep them all over my tour bus. And I know that if I scratch them or break them, I get a new pair. That's the greatest thing about this. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code BERT for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Being on tour can be exhausting, and, and I can feel sometimes a little anxious. I have trouble sleeping, and, and I'm telling you right now, what I'm looking for is a fast-acting, better-absorption CBD. And if you have never tried Next Evo Naturals, they're developed by Smart Sorb Technology, clinically proven to help your body absorb CBD four times better than regular CBD oil because the oil doesn't just mix with your water-based body. I'm telling you right now, it works faster in my opinion. And, it, and if you feel stress coming on, don't waste time. Throw one of these in. We keep them on the tour bus in a bowl. And I'm telling you right now, you, it, we, we have a big salad bowl that has all our stuff that we need every single night. And this is a must-have. Most CBD oils found in tinctures, gummies, and capsules achieve 2 and 10% absorption, which means that more than 90% of the, what you think you're getting is actually wasted. Next, Evo's naturals are scientifically formulated to deliver more CBD in a way your body can naturally use it. And fast, proven 29 times better absorption in the first 30 minutes. I'm telling you right now, everyone on the tour bus takes some of this before we go to bed, and we sleep like dreams. Stop wondering if CBD is right for you. Try Next Evo Naturals, Capsules, Gummies, Mints, and Topical Creams. Clinically proven to be better absorbed by your body. Get 25% your off your first order of $40 or more at nextevo.com and use the promo code BERT. That's 25% off at nextevo.com and the promo code is BERT. Okay, BERT, I want to ask you a question. Um, Shoot. Because the last time I came here, you talked about my podcast stuff. Is this a liquid death candle? Yes, liquid death wow. candle. Um, and then I started my podcast, which yeah. I really enjoy. has been helpful for me. So now you seem like you have a good outside view of me. What, what should, am I, do I, is there anything I'm missing out on? Is there something no. that I have a blind spot on that I'm not doing properly? Um, I understand that there's just time and patience and just think, I'm not saying like, I'm, I feel like I'm doing anything wrong. I'm just asking you if you see anything that I have a blind spot in that I mm. think I should be doing. No, I, I don't. I always say, I, I mean, my, my, my thing is I've, I'm always more interested in people than they're interested in themselves. Like, I always want to know more. Like, I've done this to a couple people. I've done this to Sebastian. Uh, I've done this to a couple people where I will hit them up and go, uh, and it's only can be from the outside. I'll go, hey, I, I want more of whatever the fuck you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I did that to S Sebastian. Uh, uh, his wife was doing this thing with her phone. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really fucking funny. But, you know, sometimes you don't know that you're funny from the outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. 
no, I don't think like the, I, the thing I dig about you, the thing that registers with me is that you're like, when you got into wrestling, I thought that was really fucking like when you started wrestling, I thought that was really engaging, like just awesome to watch. Um, uh, everything, everything you always do is kind of like top notch. So, so like I always say, and you're in a different lane than I am. Like you definitely, the video game scene is so much bigger than anything I have a grasp on. And like those guys, like I know Snoop plays nonstop and they, and they twitch the twitch is like through the fucking roof. But like, I mean, I would have, I would have, I always want more. Like I always want more. And so like when you got into wrestling, when you did your weight loss journey, I kind of want to follow it. I want to, I want to follow it hand by hand. Mm -hmm. Like that's my always. Well, yeah, but the kind of the cool thing about you is, and that I'm like, and I, it's once again, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. It's like, I've lived my life pretty much out in the public entirely. Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely regret it. Mm -hmm. And there's vulnerabilities I have that I can't unhave. And there's things like my my weight. I've I've shared my weight loss journey and lack thereof at times. I've said things, talked out of my ass at podcasts. Um, I know for a fact I've shared way too much about my children, mm. and I and I there's you can't unfix that. And now I've made my my children uh, somewhat uh, notable people, where people it's definitely made it's made life very uncomfortable at times this weekend we're at the beach and and uh i'm there and so it's people just do the math and all of a sudden they're like fuck are you isla are you georgia leanne mm-hmm. holy shit and then my daughters are like they're they're, they're, they're done they're yeah. like well you just ruined our night because now i can't just be a kid eating dinner at a table now i know people are looking at me now i can't and they're just like let's go hmm. and so I, I look at that but that's the thing i really love about people in the in the public eyes like i always want to know more and i think there's i mean i i I don't think there's any notes to give you you're fucking killing it in every fucking level um honestly but but i always want i like i I always want to i want to vlog on that on that wrestling journey i want Mm -hmm. i want to see more of it i want to see the journey i want to i want you two cameras to share things as as that's just my selfish thing Mm -hmm. And I've done that to a few people where I go. Yeah, but that makes sense to me because then you can, because I don't think, yeah, I would just having my wife. My wife is very much into keeping things private with some Well, family. you guys went on your honeymoon. Yeah. I was fucking fascinated. <laughs> I was, I'm being serious. Where did you guys go? Like Italy or something? We went to um, Italy and Amsterdam. And um, well, we, yeah, we went to multiple places in Italy and we went to Amsterdam. And, and I, I mean, I watched, I saw you looked amazing. Your wife is, I mean, I say this candidly, is gorgeous. And I I wanted, but then again, maybe I'm saying the thing I wanted, well, but I remember it. I remember it. Wanted it. No, no, I, want, I, I, I wanted more content about it. I wanted to see more of your vacation. I wanted to see more of your honeymoon. I wanted to see, I wanted to, I wanted to like almost get to know your wife. Like, because I was like, whoa, I didn't, when did I, when, I just think I said to Halston, I was like, Ron got married. And I was like, she's beautiful, man. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're they're out in Italy. And I was like, holy shit, I want to know more. But quite honestly, maybe that amount you gave me is the right amount to wet the whistle of a, of a person looking to, you know, follow your career more de- deeply. Maybe what you get out of your trip to Italy, uh, I'll never be able to get because I'll always have my phone in my hand. Mm. And so I, I, it's one of those things. It's like, 
I don't mean this. I don't mean this callously, and I don't mean this, and I and don't hold me to the statement, anybody. But like maybe I make pretty good smash burgers if that's my career. But you're making burgers that at a steakhouse, and so maybe you sell yours for a little bit more, and I sell mine a little cheaper for, and I sell more. Mm-hmm. But it's like the two different things. It's the same fucking. You're gonna like both of them. Yeah. So I love I love what you're doing with your career. I love that you're that you took your podcast and you made it about fucking creating this community of like i remember halston coming back i was like what, what are you doing the other night and he was like i was making vision boards with ron i wanted to make <laughs> i wanted to make fun of him for fucking ever I, and then the other day <laughs> halston will tell you i have this uh happiness journal that i keep mm-hmm. and i go i go god man i gotta fucking i was like i should fucking because i like hearing people's fixes for themselves it was never about gratitude i never understood that concept I never understood uh, affirmations or, or giving giving gratitude. And then one day it made sense. I think I was just in the hustle so hard where I was like, I need to get and make and fucking no one's listening to me. No one's gives a fuck about me. I was at this point. I was at the point in my career that I was just, I was just hopeless. I remember sitting in the back of the store going like, I remember watching people talk to me. I'm, I don't know if, I don't know if you've ever had this maybe you have or haven't. But they talk to you and then someone walks in, they look over there and then they just stop your conversation Mm -hmm. and walk away from you. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I was just talking to you. Mm -hmm. And I thought you were my friend. Mm -hmm. I'll say names, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) But like, and then, and I I was there where that was, I was the guy, I was the guy someone would talk to. And if I was in the hallway and the second anyone bigger than me walked in, they, they would just, everyone would be done with my conversation and walk to that person. And I was like, Oh, so it's like that. Mm-hmm. The only person that didn't, the only people that didn't do, I can, there's a number, but I'll tell you the one person that didn't do that was Joe Rogan. The most important person in that fucking place never once st- ever averted his eyes in a conversation with you to see who was over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I remember him being in the back and him telling me, man, you gotta, you gotta fucking do something. I remember him saying, Tommy's doing theaters, man. You gotta, you need to do theaters. You need a Netflix special. You need to be undeniable. And I was like, I remember just looking at him like, the fuck, how am I gonna supposed to do that? Like, what the fuck, Joe? He goes, get a Netflix special. I was like, how? He was like, get one. I don't know. Be undeniable. And I was like, I remember being like, oh, okay. I'll just be undeniable. Like, I remember being in my car going, because Joe, Joe sometimes will give you advice that just is frustrating as shit, you know? Like, it's just the, but I remember taking my joke book and writing, be undeniable. And I, like, undeniable was all over that every time i just sit down to write a joke i just write undeniable and and for me the 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 secret in that sauce for me was not getting in my own way and just creating and Mm -hmm. just trying to create Mm -hmm. and just going that's it man this isn't perfect maybe this sucks but fuck it like let's just make i'll just i remember thinking if i just turn the camera on maybe i make something Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember being there, but I, you're not, I don't, I don't, sadly, I don't, not sadly, but like, you've never been there. You've always been doing, you've always been making. Uh, I mean, yeah, for as long as you know me, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But that, that, you've that been making period. longer than I've been making. <laughs> I, I remember being, I remember being introduced to you before. I think we were doing a Doug Loves Movies. This is probably 15 years ago. And I remember just going like, God, I mean, I was like, man, he fucking, he just how how do people how, I mean you, I remember thinking you were like Chappelle like how do they fucking just how are they so they it's like 
it's not it's not a struggle for them they can just do it they just get up and fucking kill and i was like for me i was nervous i was like i was unsure of my material i never was confident with my material i mean and and i was and i remember watching i remember watching on conan and going like i never i never did conan i mean i did conan as like a guest but i had to get famous to do conan mm -hmm. and i remember going like god damn it man like fucking seamless rory scoville same way mm -hmm. i look at rory and i go i wish i had an ounce of what he had nate bargazzi just you guys are all so just identifiably unique and identifiably talented like i i remember people going like i remember i saw you on a list one year it was like whatever list right it was like i remember i want to say jen kirkman was on it but it was all people i was like I was like, I'll never be on a list. No one's ever looks at me and goes, now that guy's talented. <laughs> you know, like they just go, like you just go like, I just got to hustle. I got to work. I got to work harder to get some sort of fucking thing. And I think, you know, where do you think, like when you look at me, where do you think I could make changes? Um, I don't know. Where I, by the way, I'll tell you the answer. Where? <laughs> you're talking too much. You're doing too many podcasts. You're overspreading yourself over too thin. Like, that's where I feel like I, like, I fucking, like, I never say no to a podcast. Mm -hmm. Anyone's, anyone's, anyone ever asked me to do a podcast, I always feel like it's, I always feel like I'm grateful that they think that I'm worthy of being a guest. Okay. Well, then I guess, and I don't even know if this applies, but because you talked about, that you like oh you can't put the genie back in the bottle and stuff but i would think the only thing i would say to you is to be aware of your power be aware that you can you can do pretty much whatever you want because you are very successful you are very good at what you do and you. you are wanted and people enjoy what you do just because of who you are as a person which to me um that is what you want to be, right? That's bigger than any joke. That's bigger than like any like, oh man, how do you think of this setup punchline? It's like the vibes that you get off that people want to be around you. Um, and that's incredible. And it's no one can buy that. No one can make that. And the fact that you didn't also are so giving to like, there's so many comedians I know that like, you you've helped get them going you help put them on bigger shows you put them on the road and or, and help put money in their pockets you're doing everything that you're supposed to do as a um steward of comedy i would say if if you yourself from your words are like oh i have to have this balance more of like i can't have that same fun in italy that you have because i can't put away and so i think you need to be aware that you can. Yeah, I, I, I have a real problem. I have a hard time with it. I have a hard time with it because I, I think I'll always, I don't know what it is, Halston. It's, it's like the ice maker or something. Sounds like an ice maker. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I always like the flaw. I always like a flaw on a podcast. Mm -hmm. I have, uh, I think. So my wife grew up. My wife grew up poor. I never was. I did, I never grew up poor. However. We were broke at times. I'm trying to write a bit about this, about the difference between being poor and being broke. It's the difference between being a slut and a whore. <laughs> like like a slut just sleeps with like just a few too many guys. A whore sleeps with everyone, right? And you can it's hard to come back from being a whore. It's easy to come back from being a slut. You're like, that's oh, a just, phase. Yeah, it's a phase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
And my wife will forever be poor. And I cannot get her out of that. That is who she is. Without a doubt, that's who she is. Now, I remember being broke. I remember my parents being broke. I remember that distinctly. But we were never poor. We always had a house. We just didn't have money to put put furniture in that house. Mm-hmm. But you still had the house. And so I will forever be... Uh, I will forever be like a, an open micer, like forever. I will always feel grateful for any, like I'm, I, I've, you know, I, I one time said, and this goes every time I ever do anything, I think this thought. I remember one time I got in a car service from my house to, uh, to, um, it was the very last episode of Birth Conquer that we were shooting. They were building my man cave, and I knew the Birth Conquer was canceled. I, they'd already told me it was going to be canceled. And I didn't know if I'd work for Travel Channel again. And we were going to, uh, what's the what's the park down in Irvine, or down in Southern California that's named after a fruit? Boysenberry Park? Not Boysenberry Park. It's a, it's a theme park. Oh. Knott's Berry Farms. Farm. We were going to Knott's Berry Farms, and I remember sitting in this town car. They got me a town car to drive me to work. And I remember saying, buddy, enjoy this. This is the last time you'll be in one of these. And I was like, it's been a good ride, but you should really take this in. And I and I remember adversely thinking, you should really like, make sure you're really nice to the driver. Make sure you're really like nice to everyone because this is the last time you'll ever be in one of these. And I, I've been in other town cars, <laughs> obviously. I remember the first time I ever did a theater, I did uh, the Wilbur. And I thought, you, sh- you know what? You should enjoy this. This might be the only time you ever get to be in a theater. I was like, you know what? Take your time with it. Let's. I'm going to take a shower in the theater. I want to experience that. I want to experience the whole fucking thing. And I do that every fucking time because I always, and I remember, I remember Ali Wong telling me, you know, it's not going away. And I was like, uh, it goes away. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, it goes away for everyone. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, you, you you can say no to things. And I was like, I can't say no to anything. I can't say no to anything. And I think that's my problem with with social media. And I and I, like I said, I'm not I don't, I'm not too in the weeds on like comments or reading things, but like posting, like posting. That's and I oversharing and taking my phone out at a bar mitzvah or at a graduation and filming as a fi- almost fifty year old man. It, it's kind of weird, but. I go, I know for a fact I wanted to, I wanted to see your, I know for a fact as like, I wanted to see your honeymoon. Like I wanted to know what you're doing. It looks so much fucking fun. So then I go, when I go to Italy, I'll I'll try to share some stuff, not give away stuff where we're at. So I don't want to get fucked up, you know, but like, I remember you would put on one outfit and it was fucking, it was like, I was like blowing in the wind or something Mm -hmm. on on your Instagram. And I was like, God damn it. Are they going on a boat tonight? Yeah, we did. And I vomited a lot. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that ride. Oh, it's on there. It's on the Instagram. Is it on the Instagram? Oh, it's a full video of us riding the boat. And we took pictures. And then I started getting seasick. So apparently I put my camera back in the my wife's purse but i kept it running so you could hear the whole audio of me oh. vomiting and the italian dude trying to soothe me and just it was <laughs> i was like oh okay this looked more fun than it was than it turned out to be. enjoy smoking cannabis like never before with an ice cold freeze pipe freeze pipe makes a freezable line of pipes bubblers bongs and more for the coldest and smoothest smoking experience Picture this, it's after dinner. You survived a long day of work and hitting the gym and it's time to fire up some Netflix 
and maybe a fat bowl. Only problem is your old bong sucks and leaves you with a scratchy throat and coughing problem. Ditch that bong you've had for years and upgrade to an ice-cold freeze pipe. Engineered to cool smoke by over 300 degrees, freeze pipes glass pieces will have you puffing bigger clouds with zero chest burn or throat burn. The secret is their freezeable glycerin chamber that comes on every piece. Pop one of these chambers into the freezer for an hour, and as smoke passes through it, it's instantly cooled by hundreds of degrees. Cough less and relax more with your new favorite glass piece from Freeze Pipe. I love this thing. I hate taking bong rips. It burns so bad that I don't enjoy it. But with these Freeze Pipes, dude, it is like butter. It's April, which means it's Cannabis Christmas, and Freeze Pipe is offering the biggest deal of the year. Going on until April 20th are insane deals on pipes, bongs, dab rigs, and accessories. Shop 420 sales now at thefreezepipe.com. And if you see something you want that's not on sale, use the code BERT for 10% off. That's thefreezepipe.com and use the code BERT for 10% off. Or shop killer 420 sales going on right now. Ocenar. Ready for a knocker up. Oh, did you get her pregnant? That is gorgeous. Were you guys only mouthy toes? Yeah. God, you look great, man. I was a good time. It was good for five, ten minutes. And then it started to turn. We were so happy. We were happy, happy, happy. And then, uh, then you can see the sea there turns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Did you have a big breakfast? Yeah. Uh, Good. Yeah. <laughs> that was <not. laughs> Oh no. Gross. awesome i think i did see that video that's fucking great yeah no i think you're killing it man thank you i think you're really killing it what's so tell me about the tour you got you got planned when do you Uh, leave i leave next week go to dc improv june 9th through the 11th shout out to allison are you gonna do elliot in the morning Uh, i don't know maybe i'll tell you I'll, i'll give you the the secret sauce it's elliot in the morning okay if you do if you get an offer to do elliot in the morning I will do it. Oh, I uh, never turned down that type of stuff. For yeah, sure. that's the fucking that 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 Elliot has been really good to me my whole career. That and that, and that is one of the funnest shows to do there, without a doubt. If there's like if there's five radio shows shows to do in this country, Elliot in the morning is I would t- in the top five. I'm not going to say much because I know I my best friends are in radio. <laughs> <laughs> but but Elliot in the morning. Punchline yeah. Philly, you doing Preston and Steve? Yeah, I don't know any of these things. Okay. <laughs> Wilbur and Boston's Please tell me. Give already me this sold out. You've later. added a second show in Boston. Did you, we? Well, you've got two shows. You've got the yeah. So you've already sold out your first one. Okay, I didn't yeah. notice. Yeah. So uh that's a, Wilbur's one of the best 
fucking clubs ever. I it's, oh my god, yeah. The first time I did it was opening for John Mulaney, and it, that time it was one of my goals in my career. I was like, I want to headline this theater, and I did a couple years later. It was about half full. So then I had the new goal of I want to headline this theater sold out. It's sold out. That's one of the fucking hottest rooms in the country without a doubt one of the hottest rooms for sure best setups for one sure. of the most bill bloomerice is one of the fucking goddamn comedy geniuses he is let's go through the whole fucking list let's go because this is your summer right this is my summer so now you bring in your wife and the baby with you no i get a full night's sleep oh shut the <laughs> fuck up so who do you bring with you to oh, who opens for uh, you? Blair Saki, who is an amazing comedian who I love very much. She's quite hilarious. My good buddy Gabe Dinger will also be there. And Carmen Morales will be on some of these shows as well, as well as I'll pick up some local person. I used to believe in that hardcore. Um, I used to believe in that hardcore is, is f fostering local talent. Like yeah. going into a club. Mm-hmm. And making sure that the people you met, I met Ian Carmel, I met uh, Shane Torres, mm -hmm. I met uh, Dave Williamson, I met I met so many people, Jesus Trejo, I met them from going into their cities and 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 saying just whoever you, I work with is who I work with, and you were and Special Seattle was like the fucking was like or was it Portland was at the time where I met Shane, but that area was like mm -hmm. just rich of yeah. talent. Um, yeah, that's the new thing I'm trying to do, uh, especially now since the pandemic. I know it's just so hard for people to come up, you know. So yeah. I'm trying to make sure wherever I go, at least bring, uh, get one some one local person to come. I'm, to show. I'm trying to do on the bigger shows, like uh, like I'm doing Red Rocks again, and I'm trying to create an event for me because I the show's great, but I want it to be like like out like Chappelle kind of. D does it and i thought it was so cool that in a weird way Chappelle looks it, when we I, we did uh for the netflix festival he did you know whatever he did the uh, um fucking bowl for he did four hollywood bowls but he would put on it was like it was like fucking bangers like just everyone awesome on that fucking lineup and i was just like and i had mark norman shame or uh Sam Morell and Dave Williamson, but I thought I thought, man, I'd like to make I would like to like even step it up a little more. I just uh, I, I I can say this, bleep, just bleep her name out and but let everyone know it's a she. Um, <laughs> I just hit her up and I was like, hey, you want to do uh, Red Rocks with me? She was like, I'm off. It's like a Tuesday when you do Red Rocks, it's like a fucking Tuesday. You're not gonna be on Saturday. And she's like, I'm in. And I was like, great. And so I just hit everyone up. I was like, uh, make a deal for her, and then let's bring her out. And then we'll all do the show, and then we'll all stay, and we'll all go see Wilco the next night. And I go bring my wife. I'll bring all our friends. I'll, everyone can bring a friend. I want, and I'll I'll take care of it, you know. And I was like, make it a fucking event. But but more importantly, and I and you just said this. I thought this cool is it would be cool to to start when you do these arenas or do these bigger theater shows to bring in a local guy and go, hey man, we should give whoever the club recommends, bring him in to let him tr do this. I did that with. Uh, Jared Freed, I, Jared Freed's from from went to school at Penn State, and so I was like, "Hey man, I'm doing Penn State. We're doing the arena. Do you want to come in and 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 he was like, "Fuck yeah!" And yeah. it was like, you know, get yeah, stuff means a lot to people. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it doesn't even matter what level. Like I used to open for Mulaney years ago, and then 
he I saw him at the Largo the other day and he was like, hey, I'm doing these shows in Chicago. I'm doing the United Center. And he knows, you know, I, I grew up in Chicago, too. And so he's like, come open for me at the United Center. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I'll yeah, be there. Right? Be, I used to go watch Jordan play at these fucking. Yes, I will be there. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Fuck, yeah. So let's go through. So you got the punchline of Philly. Your Gramercy, Gramercy Theater is a great theater in New York. You don't need to do any press in New York. You won't need to do any press in Boston. Seattle, you're probably already sold out. You're in, in, in Neptune. You started in Seattle? I started in Portland. Seattle is, where, you know, nearby. So it's pretty much where I kept going. It's where I shot my first uh, special. It's where I shot my hour. Nice. I like you doing this run. You're doing Seattle on the 9th and San Francisco on the 10th. Mm -hmm. Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, have you ever done uh, uh, Holmberg's Morning, uh, morning Sickness? Mm -mm. Uh, type in, I think I said it right. They're fucking funny shit move tons of tickets okay there's really great guys holmberg's morning sickness fun as fucking shit such okay, a see, fun these, this is show. this is what i wanted you said there were no blind spots here's the blind spots i don't know well this is this is just so i i think because i did the road like the road in the clubs at the at like the fifteen hundred dollar level for so long mm -hmm. ew yeah <laughs> you have no idea is that you you'd go in i'd go into shows like i'd go into stand up live and those guys would bring me in and they were so fun and that, and because i was like they were like oh he's i'm not famous i would just i would really work hard and i became friends with a lot of these great 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 fucking radio shows that uh do you have cleveland on here no you got if kansas city missouri there's uh johnny um johnny dare is a great fucking show uh san diego kevin klein used to be down in san diego san diego sell out american comedy club is fucking you're gonna have a great fucking summer it's a good summer it's a great summer when do you when's where's your tour go to keep going that's pretty much it that's down to it. san diego you end in san diego we'll, go. we'll add some more dates as we go or hopefully we'll see i'll be doing second season of, a, of my show so hopefully we'll see yeah see that's what you're I, I don't have any like I, mean, I have tv shows but i but i'm my they fall always fall second to touring mm -hmm. like i'll not do a show to tour because the touring for me is like my that's like the I, everything i've ever loved about anything the fucking tour bus the group of guys and girls that we tour with yeah the fucking family feeling and and the stand-up i mean i'm just no a, i love that but i i, I feel like i can't I have to have a balance with that if if I go too far because I just want to eat club sandwiches and burgers and just everything and I love a club sandwich. It's one of my favorite things going to a midnight deli, but that will kill me literally. Yeah. And so part of me, I think, being getting into acting is one of the things that really helped me because it really tapped into some of like vanity. It tapped into like being camera ready. It oh, tapped into I hate what I look like care on camera. Myself. Exactly. I hate what I look like on camera. And I learned. I like. I look good on camera you look really good on camera you've always looked good on camera but i didn't even know the camera was going man i'm like damn that guy's cute as fuck dude there you 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 photograph very well too like i don't photograph well like i saw a picture of you one time and i was like who the fuck is that it was just a really great like big smile picture and i was like oh shit that's ron and i was like god damn it he looks good i don't i net it's really hard to get a good picture out of me mm. like it's that's why i think i take my shirt off <laughs> so just, the body of the face won't work the body will dude i looked at my i look at my specials and i look at my face and my hair and my beard and my beard's 
prickly. My hair is fucking thinning. Yeah. And my but eyes, my eyes this are This is bags. what you, people want from you. If you were like all gussied up and gorgeous and stuff, people would be like, I don't relate to that guy. When I was, so I was about to do my movie and, uh, and I said two things. I was like, I think I'm going to quit drinking before the movie. So I want to be really there and be like on it for the movie. And I, and I think I'm going to get my teeth, like get the brown teeth that I have. I think I'm going to get them redone and kind of mm-hmm. just clean up my smile a little bit. And my wife and the studio were like, no. And I was like, what? And my best advice I got, number one, my wife's like, if your teeth, she, no one knows you as a guy with like a great fucking smile. So like your teeth don't stand out to anyone, but they don't distract. So don't yeah. make them distract people. Yeah. Don't get all your teeth done so that when you smile, everyone's like, oh, he got his teeth done. And now yeah. I can't hear what he's saying. And I went, yeah. okay. She's like, your teeth are fine. Don't worry about your fucking teeth. And then, uh, and then Kale over at Legendary was like, he was like, hold on. He was like, we didn't like, we didn't set in to make a movie with like action star Burt Kreischer. We want fat alcoholic Burt Kreischer. That's who this movie's about. Yeah. So be yourself. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And he was, and the other thing he said was that you can't, no one can predict if a movie is going to be a hit or not a hit. But what you can predict is if you enjoy yourself on that movie. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoy yourself, that'll translate on screen and that'll be what people like. And uh, and I people was like, oh, yeah. really excited about a couple of people I follow on Twitter. I can't remember. I don't want to. Was Kevin Beagle on this? Who was? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah he's one of our writers. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he worked on one of my first shows, and so I um, DM'd him about. It. He said it was a fucking blast. He said, yeah, it was. Uh, we had a great time. I mean, I don't know. That's why I'm learning about this war in the Ukraine to try to figure out when this movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> like Try to drop it between salvos. <laughs> <laughs> so did you name your tour? Back at it. Just back, back at, at it. it. Back to work. It got uh and, and if you're a music friend and you will notice that I basically stole uh James Brown uh album cover and then used it as mine because that's kind of uh how I look at myself as I'm a hard working, multifaceted man. Motherfucker. You are. Dude, have a fucking blast on the road. Thank and you. And thank you for doing this. Of course. And if you ever were looking for a guest on your pod, I just said I I I I just said that, but I but I for him real. Halston? Yeah, book him Halston. And so we didn't even talk about Halston. We get to sh- we we we're Eskimo brothers, kind of. Yeah. Well, he keeps bringing over uh, new people where I'm like, oh, he's getting ready to off put me. He's getting, oh. ready, he's getting ready to unload me on. He said that to me the other day. He goes, would it be fine if I brought someone over and just let them do the podcast and watch how I do this? And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, cool. Halston's going back to Domino's. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Just getting very busy. We need he's, some. I need some help. He's yeah. corporate Domino's gig waiting. Yeah. <laughs> thank God for Halston. I don't know what I'd do without him. Truly. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this, brother. Congrats on Goodbye. everything. Good luck on the tour. Thank you so and much. And like I said, if you need any like radio connections when you go into those cities, like DC, I'm telling you right now, you do L in the morning. Mm-hmm. Go in that. Go in a day early. Go in. Do them on Thursday or whatever Friday morning the first, before your first show. You'll clean up the whole fucking yeah, no, weekend. I'm telling you, I want those right now. Yes. All yes, right. I done. do want those. Yes. Done. Please. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you.
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.